Welcome, I'm Cindy McMillan, and this is Exploring the Seasons of Life podcast. Today, we're talking about balance and the benefits of gratitude. Do you ever feel like you're waiting on a permission slip to live the life you want? If you answered yes, then you're in the right spot. Each week, I interview coaches and spiritual explorers from all walks of life about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. Self-love, well-being, and mindset are at the heart of our conversations because once you change the inside, the outside will begin to change as well. Before I introduce my guests, would you do me a quick favor? I don't say this nearly enough, but if you want to support the show, the number one thing you can do is share it on your social media and tag me. That will help me get the word out, and I'd be forever grateful. All right, friend, sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Lisa Zarotny. Lisa is the founder of Positively Productive Systems, host of the Positively Living's podcast, and a productivity and organizing coach certified in time and stress management. Lisa, thanks so much for coming on the show. I'm so, so honored that you're here. Oh, Cindy, thank you so much for having me. I love what you talk about on the show. It connects to my heart so much. We are so aligned and and I'm looking forward to adding to the conversation here. Oh, well, thank you. And, you know, I know that you're a fellow podcaster and you, you know, you host the Positively Living podcast. And I can't wait to trade some thoughts on podcasting a little bit later. But first, what does exploring the seasons of life mean to you personally or in your business? Well, I love that phrase because exploring to me means curiosity. And I've talked about this many times with my clients and even on my podcast that when we are curious, we leave the judgment at the door (laughs) and we really get into what it means and what it means for us. And exploring the seasons of, of my life, helping my clients do it. It means that we're there to understand, but not just understand, but accept these seasons. And when we do that, that helps us live fully in each of them. So that's what it means to me. Yeah. And I love that about living fully in each season. And I've said this before, but a, a lot of times when I ask that question my, to my guest, it's it's always around that that change that we go through and the self-awareness. Yeah. So I love that you're saying it's like living fully in that season. Yeah. And self-awareness, what you said there, that's like one of those key phrases this is a key phrase to what I do as a productivity and organizing coach. We know ourselves if only we allow ourselves right to explore that. And when we do, it, it, it truly is our number one productivity tool when we know ourselves, that self-awareness, that is key to all of it. Well, can you go into your journey a little bit? You know, how did you become, you know, a coach, a podcaster? Just tell us all your, about your journey. Okay, how much time do you have? I'll do my best <laughs> to weave the things together uh, in not too long a, a journey here, but, but the journey is long. And I think that's something we all need to remember. We may, um, you know, have a synopsis, but, but it's often long and winding. And that is mine for sure. But I would say that the, the starting point or what I think of, right, as, as the beginning point that led me to where I am today, 
was saying yes to being a caregiver to my mom and moving her into our home when I was pregnant with my son. And I had my son and then I had my daughter while caring for my mom. And she had Alzheimer's. And it was an incredibly difficult, challenging, and now I can honestly say with a lot of work, uh, I can accept the fact that it was a traumatic time for me. And that is difficult to say, but I think it's so important. And I want everyone to embrace this idea that we do have trauma and we need to acknowledge it, right? Embracing the season that you're in. And that was my season of of challenge, but also the hope that's in there. And you talk about this so much, and I love that, is that with these challenges, with grief, with trauma, comes the chance for growth, And I learned so many life lessons during that time. And when I no longer needed to care for her, and I was able to step back and say, what's next? Thankfully, I listened to a voice inside me that said, clear a path, clear out, make sense of what's going on. Don't just add more. Don't go and get another job. Don't, you know, because we always want to add more. Like, what's next? What do we need to do? What do I need to put in this space that I have here? And instead, something in me said, clear space, clear path. And I started to do that for my family. I did it for myself. I cleared space to take care of myself again, because my self-care had absolutely tanked. I cleared space in our home with all the stuff that I had left and unattended, right, during this time when I was in survival mode. You know, I had a baby, a toddler, and a mom, and I couldn't get to paperwork and you know, it's just the stuff that was all around me. And part of my path is actually uh, being a professional organizer. I started as a professional organizer because I could see the power of decluttering and processing and making a physical path. But I knew early on that it was so much more than that. It was like you say all the time, you know, from the inside out, you know, once you change the inside. And I could see so immediately that the clutter wasn't the stuff. It was what was going on inside of us. And that was what was either helping us or hindering us in terms of how we were productive and how we were living our lives. And I moved on to basically helping people declutter their lives without touching any of their stuff. You know what I mean? And just moving forward and just helping people understand. It was that self-awareness, the fact that simplicity is something that we need to embrace. We want to complicate things and let's not do that anymore, right? We don't have to do that anymore. I took those life lessons and I kept sharing them and Yeah. And then over the course of time, I worked with more and more people. I got certified in uh, time management, uh, life coaching, stress management, because that's all part of it. And I've been on this holistic journey for many years now, worked with so many clients, and I can look back on those hardships with so much gratitude now because of it. Lisa, what you were just doing, Um, describing there is what a lot of people are going through. And I believe it's called the sandwich generation. Yes, that's exactly what it is. And so you have, as you so eloquently said, you know, you have been through that and it can be traumatic. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think one of the, the biggest things, you know, and I've been interviewed about this specifically being a sandwich caregiver is that, you know, you are 
you're dealing with parents, you know, or, or a parent or parents who were your strength, who were your guide, who took care of you. And now the roles are reversed. And those are things in life that we, we can't prepare for. And, and, and managing those and working our way through those. Oh, my goodness. It's, it's a challenge. Yeah, I just had someone tell me recently um, they had been a caretaker for their father, I believe about six or seven years, and they didn't know how to move forward because that had become their identity. Absolutely. That, you know, I have to say that my children were, children are always a gift, but my goodness, were they ever a gift in helping me push forward. And, you know, it, there was never a question of what's my identity, what's my purpose, because they were right there needing me. And so I was able to continue to move forward. That doesn't mean I didn't have a lot to process in terms of figuring out where I fit into this equation. And I think moms, caregivers, nurturers of any kind often have this this tug and pull. But I know what you mean. I can see, and I have seen, and I have worked with so many people where that becomes their full identity. And then when it's gone, then what happens? Exactly. Yeah. And that's when that, that self-care and self-love has to, has to start becoming a practice again. As you're a productivity coach and you coach multi-passionate creatives, and I absolutely love that because I consider myself that, yeah. how do we keep our lives in balance? And is balance really attainable? I love that you asked the balance part of it, because part of my answer is saying, is that really the right word? And only from a semantic standpoint do I question it, because it makes us think of the scales, right? And that you have like this sort of equal thing happening. And I don't think that's what life is about. So I will often use the phrase, you know, work-life balance because people recognize it. But then once we start a conversation about it, we talk rather about harmony within our lives and all the things that we love. When you're multi-passionate, really what that means is that you have this passion and this interest, this drive to learn and grow and do many things. And that can be those many identities, right? Like wanting to care for family and also wanting to create a business and also wanting to volunteer and be crafty or, you know, artsy or whatever it happens to be, you know, creative in some fashion, that's where the the term multi-passionate creatives comes from because and creativity isn't just about you know are we doing art or music creativity is about being innovative and wanting to change the world one small step at a time it is harmony that we are seeking because like you you say with the seasons of life that we're in sometimes we have to I guess like there's a percentage of us or our energy or our bandwidth that has to be pulled to take care of that. And it can be on a big scale, like when I was a caregiver. It could be on a smaller scale, like when you launch your podcast, right? Or you do something like that. And it's, you know, and anything in business, we often say it's like our baby, right? <laughs> so so we uh, we have to work hard toward that. And we may give up some other things like, guess who's not cooking this week? <laughs> Exactly. Right? Or whatever it happens to be, we it, it's an ebb and flow that we need to be able to embrace. And so I think when we look at it that way, that already helps us understand 
you know, how to find what we're calling balance. And then, right? Does that make sense? Yes. And I love that you're using the term harmony. I don't mean to go off in a different direction, but my partner's outside in front of the ring and I can just keep hearing it go off. So I'm texting him to get out from in front of the ring. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. And it's like, okay, so and but it's going with that flow. It's understanding, you know, the imperfections of of life and and everything that happens to us. And I think (laughs) more than that, you know, it goes back to a word that I used before about what seasons uh, exploring seasons of our life means. And that's an acceptance, right? of whatever's happening and and understanding that as long as we are seeking out what matters to us, what fills us up, what is the self-care that we need and and we're pulling that in, uh, th- that's where we'll find the harmony. So everything that you just said is so beautiful and I love that you use the word harmony and I love that you use the word acceptance. I mean, when you use those words that really like went straight to my heart because that, you know, you can understand what you're trying to say because sometimes the word balance can seem, it's so big. And then when you use harmony and acceptance, it just rings so true. So Lisa, before we go on any further, because I have loved, you know, everything that you're saying, word of the year, I know that um, you were going to ask me that. So I'm going to go ahead and bring that up. Mm -hmm. And my word of the year for 2022, and I've sat with this a lot, is allow. Oh, how perfect is that? <laughs> I know. You know, it's, and I've just, I've sat with it. It's like, I'm going to allow all the, the beauty, the joy, the prosperity, the gratitude, everything that is in my highest come in. And I'm going to allow what does not serve me in my highest to leave. And I added with ease in there, and you used the word ease earlier, and I, that was great. Yeah, and then when we talked about, you know, this idea of harmony and acceptance, right? <clears throat> and that being where we find the balance, because as you said, balance feels so big. Sometimes balance feels like, and then when you're in the middle of it, right? Because we're living lives here. I mean, it's, this is not like, okay, uh, let's sit down and, and carve it all out just right. No, we are juggling things and stuff is coming at us. I always, I say life life's us, right? And so when that's happening, you're like balance. How the heck do I get there? So I think saying harmony and acceptance and I think allow is right in that zone. Yeah, so what is your word of the year? Do you choose one? I do. Every year I actually just was on a podcast interview about it and I've done it for years because by the way, just from a productivity side, New Year's resolutions are a true struggle for people. After a month, there's only 25% of those who have resolutions set still hanging on. And ultimately, overall, only 8% of those who set resolutions actually keep them. So that's the rest of us 92%, and I lump myself in there, are like, what do we do? So I love the idea of creating an intention and a theme that can be fluid with us, that can grow and change and be flexible, right, with us, because that's life. And yeah, my word for the year is fit. Love it. 
And again, because it has so many different ways that you can think of it. You know, I love, I love semantics and I love playing with words and the idea that it can be about being fit and strong and healthy, which is definitely one of my goals. It can also be about questioning if something is right, being very selective and intentional about what belongs. And when you use the phrase, what doesn't serve me, I'm like, this is so great because I use that phrase all the time. And I think that's such an important thing to say, a phrase to say, because it's very easy for for people to say, oh, keep that, don't keep that, get rid of that, that doesn't belong. But those are very harsh and demanding phrases that can make you feel defensive or unsure. Whereas if you simply step back and say, wait, is this serving me? Then you know the answer. And then you can make the choices and develop the habits. Again, the habits that will serve you. I'm also really big on, can we not use this whole good and bad, like good habits, bad habits? What is inherently good or bad? It's moreover what what is serving you or not serving you, what is nourishing you, what is um, you know taking energy from you. Figuring that out will tell you whether or not it belongs. Oh, that's so perfect because you know when we think about what is serving us, I, I just happened to join a a journaling group, and we went through twenty twenty one. And it wasn't picking our word of the year. It was really about what do we have to celebrate from 2021 and what do we want to take into 2022? And it was really eye-opening for me to go through that because sometimes we can forget what we want to celebrate because sometimes it's on to the next thing. So true. And, And when I sat and as I was, you know, journaling through that, And a lot of what was coming up for me was around gratitude that I was able to see my children this year after two years, because one lives in New York and one lives in Louisiana, you know, because of COVID. Yeah. And travel and everything. So I I just, I just love, I'm just loving our conversation. And I want to get into gratitude. What is gratitude? And why is it so important? And I happened to be reading an article, and it was a a Benedictine monk, Brother David Stendhal Rast, who said, in order to practice gratefulness, we have to put little stop signs into our daily life. And I loved that, just that, that visual of, oh, we have to stop and sometimes know what we're grateful for, but we have to stop and think about it. Well, yeah, what you're talking about is is pausing too, and and so it, this is all tied in, and this is definitely part of what what I coach my clients because we're talking about developing habits, right? Developing practices that will serve us, and so one of the things is reflecting, which you are doing through this journaling group. I I love that. So that's a great way to do that, especially if for some people, they need outer accountability a little bit more. I I love to subscribe to Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies. I don't know if you're familiar with that. But if you are familiar with that, and you know that you're an obliger, an obliger, for example, which is about 72% of the population, they'll want to achieve something, but it needs to be 
you know, it's an outer expectation. So it's for someone else. So teaching someone else, uh, sharing information, uh, being a coach or a podcaster, or, you know, being part of a book group or a journaling group or things like that will help them. Just a little FYI. And I, I love, uh, you know, how that, that outward challenge can bring about the internal reflection. So for example, with the journaling you're doing, you are pausing, you are reflecting, and then here's where it all ties into gratitude. You are celebrating. And to me, that's really what gratitude is, is it's an appreciation. It is now, okay, um, it's... It's also, I mean, my goodness, it changes your gray matter. They have done studies on this. Harvard research, okay, this is where positive psychology research comes into play to prove this. So it's not just, oh, we know that when we're we're grateful, we're happy. But there is a phrase, you know, it's not uh, happy people who are grateful, but it's grateful people who are happy. It changes our brains. It changes our perspective. It, it When you feel happiness, your central nervous system is affected. You're more peaceful. You're less reactive. It, it changes the game in so many ways. And if you look at highly successful people, they have a set of things that they do, like set of practices. And I promise you, a gratitude practice is on that list. Yeah, I bet that it is because gratitude... And I was doing some research on gratitude for our our talk today. Not that I don't know what gratitude is, but sometimes you have to kind of like do a a deep dive into a subject to really get the essence of it. Mm -hmm. And when I was reading on successful people, that was one of the things they all said was not necessarily a gratitude journal, but something along those lines. Right. And I think that's so important that you mentioned that. Number one, that we think we know something, right? And gratitude, things like gratitude, self-care, these have become buzzwords. And so it is my mission (laughs) to address these words and say, do we really know what that is? And not only that, but what it is for us and what it can mean for us. And so the idea of gratitude, I think people are like, oh, so you're thankful. But that can feel... I'm I'm trying to think of, of the phrase that I mean, and the best way to describe it is by describing my story of originally having a conversation with my husband where he used a phrase that people will often use, and he did it with the biggest heart possible. It was a beautiful, beautiful moment, but I could feel myself feeling defensive because it was the, at least we have our health, at least we have this, at least we have that. And it was the, at least we have phrase. And man my defenses went up because I felt like, oh, being thankful means that now I'm not acknowledging any of the hurt that I feel, any of the grief that I'm trying to process, all of the frustration that I have. You're telling me, well, just ignore that and be happy? Like, that doesn't feel right. And I think that is the misinterpretation that we tend to have about gratitude. It's not something where we're, we just have to be happy all the time and we're not acknowledging the hurt, too. I think that is an incredibly important point because for us to get certain places in our life, we have gone through a lot of hurt and a lot of grief to come out on that other side. Right. So what are you grateful for? <laughs> what am I not grateful for? I I need to preface this by saying that 
I have been practicing gratitude for a long time now and coaching the practice of gratitude. As a matter of fact, I started a free group years ago to help people understand gratitude better, understand gratitude and how to simply start. I even created phases of a gratitude practice, understanding gratitude in adversity, like we just talked about when you have, you know, really difficult times that you're dealing with and understanding how gratitude can play a part. So I've practiced this a long time and I feel as though I'm at a point where it's just, it's there with me all the time and I can grab it and, and, and hold it to me. I am so grateful for this conversation and the unexpected twists and turns. You think you're going to be talking about one thing and you find something else. I'm so grateful for your insight and the conversations that you have and the hope that you bring to people because that's what we need more than anything. I am grateful for my family and their support and being able to be like, I'm doing a podcast recording quiet. <laughs> and and they will because they know how important this is. I'm I'm grateful to just be here and starting a new year and and being, you know, strong and having a presence where I can share my heart with the world. I mean, so much. You know, how long can we keep going? I just <laughs> I'm just I'm grateful. I'm grateful for all of it and and more than anything, I've learned to be grateful for the hard times too because they are what have created my growth and a completely different perspective that allows me to help others. I can I can hear that you have been practicing this for a long time because it's so genuine and authentic to you as you're talking. Whereas I think somebody who's just starting the practice, and maybe we can start um, after in a few minutes and talk about a few tips to get them started. But maybe who is somebody who's starting a gratitude practice, it can feel awkward or a little stiff, you know, and yours is just so authentic and warm to you. Thank you. That that means a lot. I'd be delighted. As a matter of fact, I'd be happy to uh, talk quickly through the the four phases that I, I coach in the group. And I think Absolutely. that will help if you're brand new to this or if you're feeling a little like, how do I get back into this? Because I'm not sure what's going on. Absolutely. Please do. <clears throat> okay. So the place that I start everyone with is uh, awareness. And that's what you think of when you think of a gratitude journal or a gratitude list, or if you grab an app, again, here's the key. We're not talking about the medium. And this is this is my mantra as a productivity coach in, in any aspect that we're working on, whether we're talking about how you keep track of your tasks or your calendars or whatever. We don't start with a platform. It has nothing to do with the platform. It has everything to do with the practice and the process. You need to understand that first. So this can be with a slip of paper. It can be having a conversation with someone. When I first started my gratitude practice, and I've come up with a name that I think I need to trademark, I called it Gratis News. <laughs> and that's because I would get up in the morning and before I would check my phone, talk to anyone, before I put my feet on the floor, I would think of three things. That's right, just three. Three things I was grateful for. 
And there's no right or wrong way to do that. It doesn't matter what's on the list. It can be your cat staring up at you, demanding that it be fed. It could be ice cream. Ice cream was on my list a lot. It doesn't matter. It could be a good day. It could be an, an opportunity to sleep in. It could, <laughs> whatever comes to mind. The key is creating a habit or a practice. That's what awareness is. It's looking around you, paying attention and thinking, that's awesome. That really helped. I like that. Ooh, I'm celebrating that. Oh, that was hard, but wow, th- I'm so glad that happened. You know, and and again, we're not getting too complicated. You can keep it super super simple. This is making a list, super short and easy, and just being aware. That's that's the first step whether you are brand new or you are starting again because you got out of it. Maybe you started a journal because Oprah told you (laughs) to start it and you're like, I I don't know what I'm writing in this thing. Then let it go. Don't worry about the journal. Do something else. People love slips of paper, you know. We'll get to that in a minute. But so the second part is gratitude and action. And I say this because it's building upon the awareness. You're looking around, you're paying attention, and you are spotting what is beautiful in your life, what you love, what you appreciate. And this is important in the same way vision boards are in that you are teaching your brain what to filter. You're teaching your brain to find these things. It's like a building a muscle. Gratitude and action is changing up how you are acknowledging by saying thank you. Our conversation today is a gratitude practice by appreciating each other. Uh, It could also be writing a thank you note, making a concerted effort to take your gratitude and put it energetically out into the world. Um, Acknowledging people like someone behind the counter who's serving you food and saying thank you to them. Um, Your spouse, (laughs) whom you may often be saying, do you seriously have to put that thing there? Um, maybe you make a point to say, but I love how you do this, or I really appreciate you for that. That's gratitude in action. It can also be donating your time and, and you know being generous of your spirit, not just your money, but that too. Then there's gratitude and adversity, but that comes later as you start to understand, as you start to build that muscle and this practice you can see now, oh, now when I'm digging in, right, and I'm finding these moments of appreciation, I could say, okay, that event in my life sucked, but look at all the people that came out to help me. Or look at, you know, you know how great my family was about it. Or look at how strong I became because of it. So you can start to explore. It's like deepening the practice, and that allows you to see how Difficult times and gratitude can really work beautifully together and and help you heal from them. And then last but not least in the phases that I go over is the um, approach. And that's what we often think we start with a journal or, you know, a basket or a jar with slips or an app. You don't start with those things. You discover those things as you practice and you try them out just like any other habit. Not everybody's going to be like, okay, I'm going to go running for exercise. I, I I don't do that. I run when I'm chased. You know what I mean? Like that's not for me. <laughs> so <clears throat> don't pick a practice because someone else said, oh, do that. 
There's so many ways I've done presentations on gratitude, and I share this in my free gratitude series, all kinds of different ideas on you could do a group whiteboard for your family. And that could be your gratitude practice and you write things down on it. And I mean, there's so many creative ways. That's not the thing to figure out first. The thing to figure out first is what does gratitude mean to me and how can I acknowledge it and welcome it into my life every day? Lisa, I know I keep saying this every time you say something, but I do. I love that. <laughs> and what I love so much about that is you say and define what gratitude is to each individual person and put in the process later. Mm-hmm. Just get into that, that self-awareness that, and then start practicing and then let the, the method or the approach, as you said, right. come as you practice, which is counterintuitive, but yet it works. Exactly, because I don't want that the type of practice, the approach to to kind of to block you. And that's what can happen when we worry about the platform. We're like, okay, which uh, which calendar am I using? You know, what app am I going to be using? Or, okay, I'm doing gratitude. So I have to have a journal. What kind of journal will it be? I mean, we get caught up in those details and it keeps us from the heart of the practice. When you said journal, now, you know, I just journal, um, yep. joined that group because I want to get back into that practice. It was something that I did a lot, and then I've kind of drifted away, and I want to get back into that. Mm-hmm. But just like you said, I can sit there and go, well, what kind of journal do I get? Do I do, do, I do it this way? Do I do, I do bullets? Do I do, you know, so you, we can get wrapped up in all the ways we're going to do something versus making the decision to go ahead and do it. Right. And one really awesome thing here I want to highlight is that you joined a group so that you're giving yourself some guidelines and some parameters. And that will cut out being caught in the weeds of all those details that we're talking about. And the other thing you said, and I think this is so important I want to bring out, is that you said, I did it before and I wanted to come back to that. So this is a very intentional thing. This is not coming from the outside, someone told you to journal. This is you saying, this is something I want to explore. So yeah, absolutely. What is the biggest surprise you've had in the last few months and why? (laughs) I love this question. You know, I think there's always wonderful surprises for us. But the biggest one for me was that uh, I hit uh, 10,000 downloads on my podcast. And (laughs) thank you. And it really did surprise me. And what surprised me I mean, and this is, okay, stepping back, because we can get in our own heads about oh, what are we sharing and, and who who wants to listen to us and, you know, all of those things that can happen when we are creators and, and we put ourselves out there. But I had been on a good solid run and I felt like my message was, you know, being connected with and it was making a difference and I was getting the feedback that confirmed that. And that's beautiful. So I was celebrating that. But what surprised me about it was how quickly it came. 
That's what surprised me because, and, and so this is such a good reminder, I think, for all of us that when we do figure out the process that makes sense for us and we trust that process and we keep going, there was a time when I was excited that five downloads came through, right? And now I'm talking about 10,000. It's still surreal to me, Cindy, but at the same time, this is a reminder, just like any other habit, when you start with this tiny step and you keep going, and at first you're like, what difference is this going to make? I promise you it will make a difference. And then it'll feel like a surprise because you'll be like, whoa, where did that come from? How did that happen so fast? That is a perfect example. And while we're talking about the podcast, because you have your podcast and you just celebrated your 10,000 downloads. And I'm so proud of you because as a fellow podcaster, I know that it's, it's a labor of love and, and time and, and heart and soul. What made you decide to start a podcast? In part, okay, I think it was always in me, right? Because again, when we talk about you know, being productive, and we talk about self-awareness and what are we meant for. I'm a solid writer. I'm I I can say that. You know, I mean, I I was a you know communications manager from way back. But what I love the most, where I shine the brightest, what I I just absolutely adore, is having a conversation, and that is podcasting. Not to mention, okay, you can do that on video. But I mean, if if I can have a really deep conversation, that that takes us places that we totally didn't expect. And I can do it in yoga pants with no makeup and my hair up if I want, you know, woohoo. I mean, that's like a bonus. So I always felt like that that platform was something that that drew me in. Then I became a guest on podcasts. And I was like, Oh, yeah, I love this. Now, how would it be if the tables were turned and I were the host? And I thought about it and thought about it. I was a little hesitant about the tech. But in 2020, my word of the year was reach. And I had chosen that before, you know, we had a global pandemic going on. And it was so important to me that I connect with more people and that I share my message with more people and that I challenge myself. You know, again, the word of the year can have so many connotations, you know. And so I I thought reach, well, podcasting, that's reaching. So I did, I challenged myself to become a podcaster. And also, I knew it was really important, because it was a place I could share my philosophies that are a little maybe counterintuitive or a little different. Productivity coaches, it sounds like we're going to be doing more. Not me, we're going to be doing less and living more. And, you know, so I wanted to share those things and podcasting just felt like the right place to do it. And I listened to a podcast recently of yours, and you are such a natural. It was fantastic. Thank I'm you. I'm just putting that plug out there for you. <laughs> I appreciate that so much, especially from a fellow podcaster. It means a lot. What quote best describes your approach to life? Ah. <sighs> I have lots of quotes that I love. And <laughs> I want to have my own quote, which is don't make me choose a favorite because I love so many things. I'm always a hybrid. However, there is a quote that I absolutely adore. And I probably it's the one I share the most often from Sophia Bush, which is that you are allowed to be a masterpiece and a work in progress simultaneously. Mm. And you talk about gratitude, you talk about celebrating 
celebrate where you are right now, how far you've come, all that you're doing. Yes, still strive for more. Yes, still change what you want to change, grow, learn, uh, you know, be a work in progress, but also celebrate how incredible you are and how incredible your life is in this moment as well. I consider myself a quote junkie. I love quotes. And I love that one that you just shared. But I was going to share mine because I don't think I've ever shared mine on on the um, podcast. And it's something that I read probably 30 years ago in a romance novel. Ooh, okay. And it's, and I have it written here in front of me. We find in life that which we envision. It will be for some to reach beyond what seems at first view quite unattainable. And I have always loved that. And you've used the word hope a couple of times. And that quote is, to me, that's what that represents. That sometimes we we see something and we don't know how we're going to get it, but we just keep working towards it. That's right. And you know, it's so wonderful that I've discovered more and more with positive psychology research is how our optimism and our hope, you know, these are things that we can, we can grow in ourselves. It's not simply like, oh, you're an optimist, and I'm not, you know, this, these are things that we can, that we can embrace and grow and change in ourselves. So I love, I love that quote. Mm, Thank you. I like to finish off the podcast with a question If you could turn back time and talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell her about the season of life you're in now? But we've been talking about gratitude so much, and I've loved this conversation so much, Lisa. So I want to change that question to what would you thank your 18-year-old self for? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) If I'm thanking her in the moment, as opposed to like, for what she's going to be going through, I would have to say I would thank her for already knowing that there was something deeper in her than you might think. It's a little too easy, I think, when we're, we're in our teens to either be or be perceived, and maybe that identity is, is kind of combined there as like shallow, right? And, and she was so much deeper than that. And I would thank her for that and, and for starting that ball rolling because it kept me on this journey where I did pause to reflect and I did believe in something greater and deeper and beyond. And it's a huge part of, of what I am today. And at 18 years old, if someone thanked us for that, it would just... <laughs> lift us up and mean the world and can help continue to point us in the right direction. Absolutely, it would. (laughs) So Lisa, can you tell us your website, your social media, how people can work with you? You are just fabulous. Thank you so much, Cindy. I'd be delighted. And I would love to hear from you if you've listened to this, if there was something that jumped out at you, if you have a question, I adore 
adore having these conversations wherever they might be, frequently in DMs on Instagram. But you can find me by going to PositivelyProductive.com. I'd love it if you'd listen to the Positively Living podcast, which you can find on nearly all platforms. Any platform you're listening, you will find Positively Living. And uh, I can be found on Facebook and Twitter, but the place I play the most, I have the most fun, so come play with me, is on Instagram, and that's Positively underscore Lisa. There's a lot of laughs because that's stress management, by the way, and and a lot of just appreciating life and embracing the season we're in. <laughs> Thank you so much for being a guest. Do you have any parting words or anything else you would like to say to the listeners? Just keep doing what you're doing. Like I said before, celebrate who you are, where you are, and what you're doing right in this moment and, and keep the hope alive. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you, Cindy. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Leaving a rating and review helps to improve rankings in iTunes. It shows engagement, which may attract sponsors, and it is essential for the podcast to be discovered by new listeners. Plus, it would mean the world to me. Thanks again. Until next time, live inspired.